أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome all you listening to Rahil Hamza and Shafiq Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Verbal Outpost where we like to have an informal conversation about real topics and we'd also like you to take part so make sure you do leave us a comment or drop us an email on verbaloutpost at outlaw.com with your thoughts and comments from a personal perspective i work in an area where i speak to a lot of customers who are in debt so i thought it'd be a good idea to talk about this society of credit and what leads to debt as well because we now live in a world and society where it's pretty easy to get almost anything on credit. Um, I mean, for you two, uh, Shafiq and Hamza, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of credit services? What typically comes to mind if you were to define that in a couple of points? Uh, first few words are haram, riba, toba, toba. <laughs> <laughs> now, but... But in all seriousness, um, yeah, credit credit and debt services, um, taking money that you don't own at the moment um, to purchase something that you need or want. Okay. Shafiq, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that about sums it up. I mean, when I think about credit services and the things that I've seen is like student loans and mortgages um, is usually when people most are discussing credit services, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Credit is pretty much anything where you get the product now and you pay it later, usually in uh, installments. Um, and as you guys said, this could cover anything from mortgages or loans to student finance, even credit cards or um, car finance. Even your gas and electric bills would be classed as a credit service. And if you're not paid for it, obviously, then that builds up debt as well. Um, and having credit can sound quite great. You know, you get everything that you want now and you slowly pay it off over the next six months, 12 months, maybe longer. Um, but you get to use that product now rather than waiting for it. Um, but the problem which comes as part of the package of getting thing on credit is that it can very easily escalate to the point where you no longer have enough to keep on top of those payments that you need to make. Um, and there's also the potential for interest charges or the charges to build up on top of what you already owe, which can lead to further debt. Uh, I mean, nowadays you've probably seen it, even uh, adverts that come up. If you've got a bad credit rating, bad credit score don't worry we can still give you a credit card we can still borrow some money come talk to us um so again you know it's really out there it's really easy to get credit um now before we go into anything further i do want a clear uh, make you know clear note to our listeners that we are not financial or debt advisors so if you are looking for a professional service or guidance and advice of this type then please do speak to a professional and qualified financial and debt advisor um, there are plenty of services out there which are free, um, so do use them, because again, we're not financial advisors. So, um, without, let's get into the first point here. What is, um, or why is 
that problem. Sorry, you're asking us the question. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good uh, question. Sorry. Yeah. Why, why <laughs> do you guys think debt is a problem? You know, we've talked about the benefits of credit and how it can sound quite great, and you know, as an overview, the problem it can lead to. But why do you think debt is a problem? It's a problem because I think. I mean, the obvious answer is it's bad because you take money that doesn't belong to you and you pay the bar, you pay interest, it's haram. So it's bad from that perspective. But actually, if we look at the business model of it, um, it's bad from that perspective because you've got to remember, for example, a credit card company profits when you get into debt or a bank profits when you are overdrawn because they can then charge you interest. Mm. So when there's a financial benefit for the company that's involved with your money, they want you to be more in debt. Does that make sense? So that's yeah. quite a toxic combination. And that's one of the reasons why when you get, when you turn 18, I'm not sure if you can remember, but oh, you get your bank sending you letters and making you feel very grown up and very important and sending you applications for credit cards and telling you, oh, you're all grown up now. Now you can get your own credit card and look at all these different designs and colors and types of cards that you can get. So that can be a very toxic combination because legally they're completely entitled to do that. Is that moral? Is it ethical? That's a completely different question. But ultimately, I would say the business model of it can be very destructive uh, for consumers, depending on who they are. So I think all of us need to tread very carefully and just bear that in mind, that businesses profit, they make money right when we are in debt yeah so there's a financial interest in it for them i mean i would also say as well with that being a problem um is that sometimes people they can become dependent on it as well um where it starts off with maybe just you know take a small little loan they have a bit of debt but that's fine they think you know what i've got a bit of debt but let me just manage it and i'll get another loan out from somewhere else to pay that off and then you just end up in this sort of vicious cycle and i think that's where you know you've almost sort of lost track of your finances and you really need to put your foot down somewhere and sort it out to get yourself out and as hamza mentioned it's a business you know bank banks have it as a business to keep you in debt and you know they're profiting from it um so they can be working very hard to do that and I think, yeah, Shafiq, some good points there. I think, so what you talked about is poor financial management. So I think when you get those two combinations together, it's toxic, massively toxic. When you've got a business that makes a lot of money, when you've got a business that makes a lot of money from you going into debt, and then you've got a person who has very poor financial management skills. And then actually the third component, component i would add to that is this very very materialistic society where you're being bombarded with the latest yeah bmw or mercedes yeah i know we talked about this a few weeks ago and you know you can get your <laughs> own private plate with your own name on and everybody will know that your beamer belongs to you and you know, the latest iphone or whatever it is so we're getting bombarded day in day out with this, these possessions and certain brands so i think when you 
throw those three things into the mix, you get quite a toxic relationship, a business trying to make money by putting you into debt, poor financial management skills. And thirdly, people that love material and want to acquire as much as possible. So that's what I would say, those three. So you guys have mentioned poor money management. What about those people who have good money management and can, you know, avoid the debt side of credit, as it were? What, why, why would you say that's a bad thing? I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. So there's always, as with anything, there's always going to be people who need to access debt for reasons outside of their control so Mm -hmm. it could be somebody you know just look at our current situation we've got covid that's hit you've got a lot of people now out of work as a result you've got people that have fallen on incredibly hard times so what do those people do if they can't access money or you know they've managed the money the best as possible but need a little bit of cash for example a payday loan just to keep them ticking over until for example they get their next furlough payment so there are people Mm. genuine people that are on hard times and it's a real shame for those and uh hopefully inshallah those people can get out of it but really you know the the system's been designed to keep people Mm. in that situation unfortunately it has it has um so with with that point there what what do you think the advantages are of taking credit and potentially having debt on the back of it are there any advantages there'd be an immediate advantage um if for someone that's obviously struggling um financially um in that moment you know, they get paid out, that's it. They're able to cover their expenses, buy the things they need to buy. And, you know, for that temporary period, they're fine. You know, they're stable again. Um, so I think that's the advantage there for those people. And actually, that's a good point because with those people, they're not really financially, so they're not in a bad financial position. They've just got a bit of a cash flow problem is that the money will come in. It's just they've got bills that are going out before they get paid. So it's just mm. a case of cash flow. So it, 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 it's a real unfortunate situation. But yeah, pe- people like that. Hopefully they can, they do, they are able to get on top of it. And yeah, it, it can be a, an advantage to people like that. And actually, if we extend it a little bit further, if we take student loans, for example, which is quite a good example because with some of the other types of debt i think the sharia conversation is a bit more clear-cut mm. um around it's not permissible yeah th- there may be some scenarios where some scholars have said it is i'm not saying there's a ruling either way but generally it's not permissible whereas student loans is a little bit more nuanced and i think there's more scholars that say it's not typically it's it's not considered a loan per se like a mortgage would be but that's a very good example of an 18 year old who mm. needs to go to university who's not going to have 27 grand knocking around and their parents may not have 27 grand uh, but they can not many people will they it's a lot yeah. of money yeah so they can access 
this thing called a student loan um, where it can have an advantage. Again, I'm not saying it's permissible and I'm not saying it's not permissible. I'm just saying that's where there's quite a clear, there can be an advantage for somebody young. Well, I guess it's probably a good point to put out another disclaimer that just like we're not financial advisors, we're not scholars or imams. <laughs> <laughs> what about the advantages of things like getting reward points or bonuses, like on a credit card, for example? Can people play that to their advantage? I've got to be honest, I don't really know much about credit cards. I've never had one personally. Um, mm. I was speaking just... to somebody at work just the other day, in fact, quite coincidentally, um, who's going on to be a mortgage advisor. Um, and <laughs> and I was t talking to him about, you know, credit cards and stuff like that in general. Um, and he was trying to almost sell the idea of credit cards to me. Um, I'm not quite inclined to it personally, but one example that he gave me was that, you know, if, if you look at car insurance or car tax, um, typically it's going to cost you less to pay all up front rather than to pay it uh, spread out over six months or even monthly where it ends up costing you more financially. But you might not have the financial means to pay it up front. So what he said is you'll look for like a credit card deal where the first 12 months are interest free. So there's actually no charges. You'll pay the whole thing off on the credit card and then in installments monthly, you'll pay the credit card back. So he's got the advantage of the discount of the service and without the detractor, if you like, of the charges. And then he gets points as well if that's included on his credit card as well. Where do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I've, ne I've never had a credit card either, to be honest. I, I took one out and I was like, what am I going to use this credit card for? I don't need them. <laughs> you know, I always thought, I, I generally, I've always sort of lived my life within my my means and stuff like that. So I've never had a use for it and ended up getting rid of it after. I thought, yeah, don't need it. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, you made a good point. I can see why that would look really appealing to a lot of people. Um, hmm. I think obviously if you're not in that position to pay upfront, um, get a credit card out do it that way if you know how to work the system which i'm sure a lot of people do and i'm, I'm guessing that's what they are doing then yeah all the more for it i guess for those people obviously uh, for us it's different isn't it? as muslims we have to take these little things into consideration about whether it's even yeah. allowed yeah yeah but you know what on that you'd be surprised at how many people don't know things like that mm. so obviously that person's quite savvy with his cash yeah <laughs> you know, using that using that little money hack so and, and and actually on top of that as well it improves your credit rating as well mm. so you know the credit rating so if you know if you're gonna buy a house through a Rian bank oh, well, well, through a islamic bank a sure compliant bank um then they can do credit checks or, or, yeah. or, or for just taking a mobile phone contract out as well. So mm. you are actually, um, people are encouraged. So we're not encouraging it for obvious reasons, but um, typically you take a credit card out and then that improves your credit rating at the end of how that happens. I'm not sure. You just pay your bill on time and that improves it. There's some track record of it. 
Yeah, I remember that was a conversation that always used to come up. It improves your credit when buying a house. Get have make sure you have a credit card. Make sure you're using it here and there to improve your credit card rate. And the other one as well, the benefit I remember is when you go on holiday, make sure you pay for it all on a credit card, because if anything goes wrong, you can get that money back. Whereas it's a lot more difficult if you had a debit card and whatnot, and you pay using oh, that. Really? Yeah, I remember yeah, people. Yeah, protection on credit cards, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I thought, oh, that was kind of like, oh man, should you know, when I go on holiday, should I be pay- getting a credit card out just so I can pay for the holiday on a credit card in case something goes? Do mm. you know, I mean you feel like, oh, you should be just because that's what everyone else is telling you to do, and you know they're like, oh, but if something yeah. goes wrong, what are you gonna do? You lose all that money. I mean, you've used the example of a holiday there, but I guess you know when they sell it in the in the perspective of added security to your transactions. Yeah. Um, and you can't track that with all the fraud and all the scams that are out there mm. ready to catch anybody out. It becomes quite enticing. Yeah, definitely. Um, and obviously with fr- uh, fraud as well, that's on the increase. Um, uh, I was re- when I was reading up online, you know, ever since uh, COVID and whatnot, it's hit people hard mm. where people are just trying to come up with scams to get people's money you know they're putting you know people who are already in a difficult position in a worse off position because you've got these scammers chasing them and you know doing phone calls and sending them emails you know pretending to be their bank it's horrible quite interestingly i read an article it was last week um where an elderly lady was called by somebody imposing to be I think it was like Microsoft or something. I can't remember. Yeah. No, it wasn't Microsoft. They were telling this lady um, who's, you know, fairly vulnerable in that respect that they're about to open up a court case against her and to avoid it, she needs to make a payment. And, she, you know, she panicked. She made the initial payment. And then they said, oh, it's not enough. You now we need to pay £4,000. And she paid it. What? Yeah. And, you know, it's crazy and you think how can somebody fall for that but people are vulnerable and they can fall for these things it's another way people fall uh, fall into debt isn't it as yeah. well yeah you, you, yeah you know, if you get caught up in a scam uh, that's it you know you've paid out someone and now you're in debt because you know you thought you know you're saving yourself from going to prison for example because sometimes you get these threats i had a phone call not a couple of weeks ago saying you know i have to pay out x amount of money you know i think it was like ten thousand pounds or something if, mm. I, if i don't you need to press one to speak to an advisor right away uh, otherwise you'll have the police <laughs> knocking on your door i was like what is this and, and you can tell it's just an automated message yeah. but i'm just thinking look you know someone like my dad if he got that phone call thankfully my my dad's not very good with tech he doesn't even have a mobile phone so he <laughs> <laughs> he, he ain't getting that phone call they're not getting through to my dad but um yeah if you got that phone call he'd be scared he'd be worried now what's this like oh no what did i do you know i need to speak to an advisor and you may not necessarily have to pay that ten thousand pounds that they're asking for initially but you know mm. you press that one you speak to that advisor and that advisor you know pulls you in and and you end up paying out something you know i was yeah. uh, when i was re- yeah when i was reading online it's um there's something called action fraud and they reported that coronavirus related frauds uh, increased by 400% during March yeah. 2020 and I was like but by 400% so there was already mm. fraud going on but for it to yeah. increase to 400% I was like oh, man that's crazy it's insane, isn't it it's insane <laughs> and I guess this like you said this these scams and these fraud tactics that are out there can lead to people being in debt and financially vulnerable as a result of that so they might not have a problem financially themselves but because they've fallen victim 
it can lead to being in that debt, which can sometimes become a bit of a difficult cycle to get out of. And you know, I'm just to make a point as well, because we're talking about some uh, hacks around credit cards and some of the ways that people have benefited from it, right? Let me just bring it back to what Allah says in the Quran as well, because I think that's important before we make yeah. it sound all hunky-dory and you can make a fortune from it and you can go travel abroad without any risk. So actually, uh, Allah says in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, uh, the translation says, oh, you, you who have believed, fear Allah and give up what remains due to you of interest if you should be believers. And if you do not, then be informed of a war from Allah and his messenger. Be informed of a war from Allah and his messenger. But if you repent, you may have your principle. You do no wrong, nor are you wronged. Right. So it's the punishment for dealing in riba, dealing in interest. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declaring and, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam both oh declaring war against the person who partakes in dealing with interest in riba. So just to be completely clear, I mean, a lot that nobody really disputes the bad side of riba and interest right um usually mm. from a sharia perspective and the fiqh discussion usually is around um for example student loans actually that's not really interest or riba so the conversation is normally around classification rather than uh questioning whether riba is okay or not does that make sense so usually it's a classification uh debate and discussion because it is it's a very severe sin uh, in Islam, in our deen. So, uh, you know, with credit cards, it may be a little bit more clear cut. Um, so obviously there are ways around doing things, but then also we don't want to be losing barakah in some of these uh, things as well, in our wealth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we have to weigh up, isn't it? Which side do we want more? Um, after we've factored in the Islamic perspective in that respect. So, um, obviously we've touched upon it a little bit um, in terms of you know people falling into debt because of uh, fraud and whatnot, but are there any other reasons why people can end up in debt, whether it's intentionally or uh, you know unintentionally, just before we close in on the end of the first half? Yeah, I think I'd just bring it back to those three things that I said. Um, so where people have, if I just pinpoint those two points where I said around poor financial management skills, and then on top of that, a lot of people unfortunately have an insecurity or just like to have expensive, shiny, fancy things. And that can be a very bad recipe uh, when you put those two things together, and I'm sure everybody knows someone, or you may be that person who's known amongst everyone for having very nice things, but then yeah, your bank account is a good mm. reflection of that as well because you yeah. don't save very much. So everybody's very different. People have got their own money management skills um, and their own abilities. Um, so yeah, it, it varies. I mean, thank. Yeah, growing up in a you know, growing up as Pakistani, 
Pakistani Muslim here. Um, yeah, you know, our, our family and everybody that we knew was very good with money and you know, save every penny that you can, mm. buy golden property with it. I was going to say, yeah, I was gonna say our families they provide quite a good support system as well whereas other people may not necessarily have that i feel like uh, within the asian community um, we've got that support system in place should we have a struggle brilliant so uh, we're coming into the end of our first session here um we've been talking about credit and debt that it can lead to so uh, we'll see you on the other side on the second part you've been listening to the verbal outpost. Assalamu alaikum. Okay,